Dear Clement, last time you asked me about the regulations of insurance products with investment elements in Hong Kong. Investment-linked assurance schemes, ELIS, provide life insurance protection and also include investment elements. They have been widely sold in Hong Kong in recent years, and policyholders chose how to invest premium among various funds. Under the current self-regulatory regime, insurance salespeople do not need to apply for a license from the government's supervisory body. The lack of regulations combined with massive hidden commissions and misleading fee structures and account valuations has led to mis-selling. Quite a number of insured persons who took out Ela's products have related to me that during the selling process, they have been misled or even cheated by insurance brokers or intermediaries into believing that the product was an investment product. It was not until years later, when they wanted to withdraw the contributions, that they found the lock-in period of the product was rather long, and the investment period was not three to five years as claimed it during the sales process, but a long contribution period of 25 or even 30 years. When some policyholders fail to make long-term contributions payment, they were forced to surrender the policies or cease payments and were charged a high surrender cost by the insurers. For policyholders who chose to cease payment, they are still liable to an annual management fee with an investment return being deducted, resulting in heavy investment losses. One of the victims reported a loss of three hundred and thirty thousand dollars when he found that his savings were locked in in a 25 insurance contracts and chose to surrender after the first year contribution. Obviously, many policyholders of Ela's product are not aware of its long-term features. For example, the upfront charges, early surrender or withdrawal penalties. Due to the inadequate disclosure of information, these policyholders tend to make wrongful investment decisions and buy inappropriate investment products. In most cases, affordability is not duly considered in the assessment of whether an ELS product is suitable for a customer. For example, the monthly premium payment is of more than double of her disclosed monthly disposable income, and the source of funds were existing liquid access, which is her savings. However, the intermediary did not address these issues in the assessment process by obtaining more precise information from the customer on her liquid assets. Although the ELIS products are life insurance policies, the policy values including the death benefit is linked to the performance of the underlying funds and may fluctuate depending on market conditions. Under the current regulatory regime, the Securities and Futures Commission, SFC, is only involved in the regulations of ELIS only to the extent that certain ELIS documents need to comply with the inadequate disclosure requirements in the SFC's code on ELIS and may need proved by the SFC before distributing for sales purpose. In 2009, SFC issued a circular about licensing requirements for people selling ELIS. The circular argues that ELIS should be regulated by the insurance regulators, not SFC, since SFC believes that the selling of ELIS does not fall under the definition of dealing in securities in the Securities and Futures Ordinance. However, given that 99% of 
or more of what is being sold is investment related. I do not agree with the SFC position that an intermediary selling dealers does not need a license, and it refuses to grant a license based on dispositions. We strongly urge the SFC to accept their responsibilities in this regard. Even if it is the view of SFC that the selling of illus does not fall under the definitions of dealing in securities, the regulatory authority should step up regulations of the selling activities of this kind of investment performance-linked insurance product, including enacting legislation to classify relevant selling activities and ongoing investment advices as regulated activities under SFO, so as to better protect the interests of the policyholders. Of this kind of insurance products, it is all but impossible for insurance broker to sell an illness without holding himself or herself out as as carrying on a business of advising on securities. It could be a violation of Section 114 of the SFO to do this unless one has an SFS license. In short. It is really impossible to sell either's products without breaking the law unless the broker or agent is SFC licensed. Investment options contained in either's product is another issue that has caused concern. From some expatriate working in Hong Kong, the insurer may offer an either's schemes with an open architecture, that is, either's with an open platform of investment choices which can be linked. To any offshore funds that have not been authorized for distribution in Hong Kong, a managed performance fund managed by an Australian fund, as an example, was sold in Hong Kong via investment-linked vehicles to circumvent SFC rules, which prohibit the sale of unauthorized funds to ordinary investors. The sales documents clearly stated that the fund was not for distribution to Hong Kong public. It would be an offence on the part of the advisers if he gave an investors the information, memorandum, fact sheets, or other related documents of an unauthorised funds, as it would be in the breach of Section 103 of the SFO. The Legislative Council is scrutinising the Insurance Company's Amendment Bill 2014 for the establishment of an independent insurance authority. Ia an introduction of a statutory licensing regime for insurance intermediaries to replace the current self-regulatory regime. The setting up of the Ia will help solve part of the problem, as the regulator will license and regulate the salespeople and may fine those who have committed misconduct as much as 10 million Hong Kong dollars. Also, there's a need for the future Ia to set out guidelines. For governing the structures of fees and charges to help improve the transparency of the investment-linked insurance product. However, the potential loopholes put some investors at risk, and has created gaps, leaving the potential for the unlicensed products to be sold undetected. In the past few months, I arranged meetings with FCC and the commissioners of insurance, respectively. Together with the victims, to express our concern and urge them to eliminate the regulatory and supervisory loophole that exists for illus. Welcome the move to set up an independent IA, but the government should take its regulatory reform a step further by looking again at the regulations of the investment advice in the insurance sector.